0: Listening to the One and a Half Asians Podcast with your hosts, Wu Cho Yi and Cody G.
1: This is Episode 9. Ooh, I believe. Oh wait. I think it's nine. I forget what I even titled the uh, our last. I think I might have screwed up. I think I might have screwed
0: up. You wrote season two, episode two. Yeah, oh, crap, I screwed up. Asian's podcast.
1: So I'll be fixing that.
0: <laughs> We're keeping this in no. the podcast.
1: <laughs> Welcome, everybody. Welcome.
0: Thank you for uh, for joining us after my one week absence. Back to one and a half Asians. Yeah, not just one. <laughs> I know. So this is season two, episode 10. Is it 10? It's 10. Oh, wow. Time flies by. Double digits.
1: Double digits again. We should, I don't know. Once should this season then, Just keep it. I don't know. I think like we a... mentioned
0: once that we kind of do uh, do it seasonally, so we could have four seasons per year, and then um, maybe break it down like that. Yeah, and then have
1: a little break in between to kind of
0: yeah, like thirteen talk about... episodes, and then we could have either a recap or we could have a update because we started the year with the the goals. That's true. Yeah, and then so, we, we yeah. spent some time.
1: We have our. our what you like to call it? Which I still don't like the name of it. Mandates.
0: Yeah, what's wrong with mandates, dude?
1: <laughs> we can have those. No, we can have the
0: mandate, and we then can, like, we can have
1: a few of those, and then come back to season two. Yeah, the, the other half. The other. Half. The other. Yeah. Whatever you want. The other quarter. Season four quarters. Season. It's like basketball. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. If you've kept up to date with the podcast, you know that last week I was away in Montreal, so uh, Woo held one down for the team and did a solo podcast. Woo, how was that for you?
1: Man, it was weird. <laughs> it was like I told you; it was like I was recording my first YouTube video. Yeah, it was that weird, and I think the video or the the recording itself was only about fifteen minutes long. Yeah. But it took me like two hours to do. <laughs> I kept recording, deleting, recording, deleting.
0: Well, now you're in your own head.
1: I was because, you know, when you're having a conversation, we can go back and forth, right? Yeah. There was no one to go back and forth with, <laughs> right? It was just me and the mic and I would have long pauses. And I know I could have edited those out, but for some reason I just stopped it and deleted it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I gotta, I got to figure something out. So after like an hour and a half has passed of still not even having one recording done. I kept deleting them. I started to write down what exactly I wanted to talk about. Yep. And I kept it really short, like short, by short, I mean like only two points, because at this rate, I didn't think I could keep it going for like 30 minutes, which was my original plan. So I'm like, can't do it because as I was talking, I thought like 10 minutes has gone by with me just talking. I look over at my computer. I thought ten minutes has gone by, only like two minutes went by. <laughs> and I was so shocked and I was so discouraged. So I again I stopped it there and oh I no. deleted it. So it was an interesting experience and I am going to make you do it sometime soon.
0: Yeah. By all means bring it with because
1: it's an interesting but I something did something positive did come out of it though. What's it that? kind of so we've always been talking, like, I know you wanted to start your own podcast sometime, yeah. just on, like, a Cody's Cody show. <laughs> and I've always thought about doing it, too, right? But then the feeling of actually doing your, your own recording, I just had that experience. Yeah. So it's not as... You've t- taken that first mm. leap. It's not as scary anymore, right? Yeah. It's always getting that first one out. Yeah. Right? So I got that first one out, so I think that's, that was a good push for me to kind of chill,
0: like... You broke the ice. Yeah. To kind of... We'll play in 21, Wu.
1: Teach me how to to maybe do it solo. Yeah. So it's good practice. I might do it again sometime soon just to, to see how I can hold up. Yeah. But I encourage you to do it soon because it's, it's different. Yeah. It really <laughs> <laughs>
0: So what did you talk about?
1: So it wasn't uh, – it was kind of a carry-on from what we've been talking about in our other podcasts. Yeah, the greater conversation. Greater. So, like, I, we told everyone that I started – Toastmasters. Yep. I just went to one of those meetings and after that I decided it wasn't for me. Yeah. And then I told you I was thinking about doing acting class. hmm And during the podcast I, I actually decided to do acting class. So that's what I talked about. So I, I paid my fees. Yeah. I have You're a, committed. I have a I have a firm date what my first class will be. Yeah. So it's I can't back out now. It's so I was talking a little bit about that, like what what got me to make that decision and how i'm going to go forward with it like how i'm going to commit to it and Mm -hmm. actually try to i mean i don't see any other way of going about it than just telling myself i should try to be an actor that's right like i can't just go in there and be like i'll just see what it's like and you know if i don't like it just
0: then i'll just stop going yeah
1: i i want to fully commit because that's the only way i think i'll grow in this field of not acting, but, like, really speaking. I want to Personal be able expression. to speak up. And I have to go in there just thinking, like, you know what? I'm going to have to try and be an actor. Yeah. Get on something. Like, audition for stuff. Treat it almost like a job, like I would do when I was in finance. Yeah. So. And plus, like, I was pretty good at doing interviews in finance. I did a lot of them, too. And I see it as being no different. Absolutely. Right? Like, I You thinking about how to answer certain questions, you are you know, you're really essentially trying to wow the person that's interviewing you, right? For them to ultimately make the decision to hire you. I would say an audition is kind of similar. It's just different field. That's like the way that. that I looked at it. So, I'm going to uh, you know, I'm sure there's other people who are also interested, probably in Canada or elsewhere, that wants to s- know what it's like to be in that industry, yeah, and how to get started. And I'm like as new and fresh as it can be. So <laughs> if I if I can even document some of this for my YouTube channel, I think yeah. that would be pretty interesting and help other people maybe get a start start in the industry.
0: So you know, it took Schwarzenegger a couple years, but like he made it made it big, and uh, he faced a lot of unjust pressure. From Hollywood, which I can only assume at this point in time you're gonna make it. You're gonna make it a Hollywood. <laughs> are you gonna keep WooChal as the name or are you gonna have a celebrity name?
1: No, man. I gotta keep I gotta keep it as Woo. You gotta rep the Woo? I got to. That's you know, my my parents gave me that name. Yeah. They didn't change it to an English name when they moved to Canada. They were they were strong with it, so there's there's no reason I should be changing it.
0: Oh, well, I like that.
1: I might make it as like a Woo C dot why
0: (laughs) Uh, i wish you guys could have seen the hand gesture that Woo made while explaining that gangster yeah it was like west coast but like woo the woo coast the woo yeah
1: (laughs) but you know who who's kind of been an inspiration to this yeah surprisingly which i haven't told you about yet remember that time when you were telling me to watch kim's convenience
0: yeah
1: and i was very like Super against it, against it. I'm like, no, I've lived. I don't think it's gonna be that great of a show. Yeah. Well, I'm hooked on that show now. Great right? show. It's a great show, and I, every time a new s- episode comes out, like I'm on it. Yeah. Immediately. In a second, right? I'm watching it, and the guy, the the main guy that's on there, what's the freak? I forget his name.
0: Like Uppa or the no no the brother the brother yeah.
1: Janet's brother. Well, anyways, I've been reading his story. Yeah. So he's he's. His background is actually a little, like similar to mine. Like he went to, he went to Western, yeah, and he studied business, accounting, mm-hmm. and then he was in, well, he was on Bay Street working at yeah. Deloitte, like in finance, in an area that he really didn't like, and he ended up, I guess, losing his job. I guess because there was a lot of um, layoffs during that period.
0: Yeah, the bears. Yeah,
1: so he was interested in acting. I guess the whole time that he was doing his university yeah. degree. So he decided to just kind of pursue that after his finance career didn't end up the way that yeah he wanted. He and he, he kind of he you know, just like any other Asian
0: Yeah.
1: It's the typical Asian story. They do kind of what their parents want them to do. So he chose that field because it was supposedly safe. Responsible. And yeah. It's yeah. a responsible thing to do. Just yep. get a job and work and have a family.
0: Provide for your family.
1: So I read his story and then you know, kind of
0: resonated felt, Yeah
1: resonated with me a lot on and different levels
0: too because like shared exactly shared homeland
1: exactly so um i read a little bit into him and saw that you know he's been working at this craft for a while even though it it's probably a field that his parents didn't want him to pursue but yeah. he wanted to because it's something he enjoyed doing mm-hmm. he committed and, to it um, that's kind of you know, and he's super successful now. Yeah. Right. And who knows if that'll come out, if that'll be the same story for me, but I got to believe it's possible. Right.
0: I just and told you you're going to Hollywood.
1: <laughs> <really>. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to give it my all. And, uh, people like that, I guess he, he inspires me. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, uh, yeah, he's an inspiration. He's a trailblazer. and You're following that trail. Exactly. So, uh, We'll see how it goes. I like it. And then, so yeah, that's I kind of talked about that in my podcast. I didn't really talk about that. I just told you that right now. But, <laughs> yeah, um, that's a
0: sidebar addition.
1: Acting is what I'm going to do. And then the other thing that I talked about was uh, the Shopify. Yeah. So getting a little bit more deeper into doing Shopify because you know me. These days, whatever I do, there's a purpose to everything, right? Yeah. So YouTube, there is a purpose. This acting class, there's a purpose. Yeah everything is to just increase my skills in the areas i think are going to be important for my life going forward yep right so business e-commerce that all is very important i think and something that
0: it's a huge opportunity it's a huge yeah and i think the people who just passively think oh i should get into commerce they just they don't make the commitment they don't they don't do the work and they don't They don't do it unless, you know, they've had um, a meeting, they've met someone, or an opportunity kind of present itself. I I don't think a lot of people are grinding their way to the e-commerce. Yeah,
1: so that's definitely an area that I want to increase my skills in. Yeah. So I'm I'm taking it really seriously. Yeah. I'm learning how to build a site properly. Yeah. And I talked about this when I did the solo podcast as well. You know, like when you're in when you're in high school and you're thinking about going to university Mm -hmm. the subject that you choose to study in university is not always what you want to it's kind of your your decision is based on maybe what other people think is good so for example i said i studied science because that made me look smarter to other people so i chose science when i went to university and then um, ended up you know, realizing I'm not very good at science. <laughs> so then I chose business, which I thought, like, oh, it's, it sounds really nice, you know, yeah. learning economics. It sounds cool. So I studied I economics, right? But now I'm super interested in marketing, yeah. right? But then marketing was one of those subjects when I thought, when I think back when I was in high school, I would think, oh, it's marketing's for girls or something, or marketing's <laughs> for.
0: <laughs> That's not a very 2019 thing. I know, girls.
1: right? That's what I thought in high school, though, right? I was conditioned yeah I don't know what it was but I always thought marketing was just not a a subject for me but like it's something I just I'm kicking myself for not focusing a little bit more on yeah so I'm playing catch up right now trying to to learn these things and I talked a little bit more about that just how I can how I can you know lose catch up on the lost time and
0: and spring forward yeah
1: and hopefully with the help of you, because I know you've been, you've been, you're, I know you're on board with what, what we want to do. Yeah,
0: we have a shared vision. And I, what I really value from our conversations is the fact that we, um, I've had idealistic thoughts about doing something like this before, but when you're in your own head and the only person you can let down is yourself, it kind of like, it just falls by the wayside. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think having this conversation and seeing that someone else also has this motivation and vision, um, truly really motivating and like it really, really, r- really gets me going. So we had talked in a previous podcast about how you were doing the Shopify and that you didn't really feel comfortable, maybe not comfortable. It would be a lot to put on your plate to both build a site and market it to people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I've kind of I've committed myself. Uh, I've joined a program um, to learn Google AdWords. So for those not in the know, um, obviously, Google makes their money off of ads, targeted ads. Um, So they have a program that is available to people to purchase ads. um, And that could be an ad in the form of like a paid uh, website. So sometimes you do a Google search, and the top Link isn't an actual organic uh, result. It's a paid link. Is it expensive? Um, So there are incredible amount of factors to go into cost. The short of it is it's a bidding uh, structure. So you bid on specific words or key phrases Mm -hmm. And you can set it. It's like um, an auto-purchase program, borderline stock market-ish. So let's just say we were uh, selling one and a half Asian podcast T-shirts. Yeah. Um, So at least I'm still only 10% into the program. So my grasp isn't complete. But if I could put an ad that says I would spend up to $0.35 for a click on our link to the website where we sell our t-shirt. And then my per click purchase would be 35 cents. Mm-hmm. And then this, the key phrase that would cause our link to be shown as the top result on Google would be one and a half Asians podcast t-shirt. If somebody Googled that, after we had set up our Google ad campaign mm-hmm. to target that person, that would be the first result. Because you can basically find a customer who wants to purchase something literally in that moment. They're searching. I want to buy the One and a Half Asians podcast t-shirt. Yeah. And then when we see that, when that result comes up, then we send them our link, essentially. So it's like a real-time system.
1: Yeah. That's interesting because, like, yeah, building a website and everything is easy, right? That part is fine. But then the the part that I always... That scares me. Yeah, you're right. Actually, it does kind of scare me because there's some cost that's gonna have to go into there. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to spend money out of your own pocket on this, like you said, ad campaign. Yep. And it's not guaranteed it's gonna work. Right. No.
0: And that's kind of what this AdSense, uh, from my introduction, um, the concept is. Not only do they teach you just how to run a campaign, because if I wanted to, I could have every person on the planet. See our podcast if they search literally anything on Google. You could spend billions of dollars to make that happen. <laughs> if they could, you could just bid on every word in the lang- in English, and then it'll, like and I can... say if anyone searches literally any word, I will pay Google four hundred dollars, and you will be the number one search result on literally everything. You could do that, yeah. but that's a stupid waste of money. So the other half of the program that I've enrolled in is um working with spreadsheets to develop a system of understanding uh the click-through rate so like sure somebody's searching one and a half asian podcast t-shirt um out of everyone who sees that link how many people click on it so then you get a percentage and of the people who clicked on that link how many people added to the cart and you get a percentage and then of the people who added to the cart how many people made a purchase and then you get a percentage. So now that you have this data, you then start to figure out uh, what your product margins are. So let's say we make 62% profit per t-shirt sold. So then we have to figure out how much of that 62%, let's call it 10 bucks, we make 10 bucks profit. How much are we willing to pay a percentage of that $10 towards driving traffic to our site? And then it's just a matter of like a long run, long term average cost graph. No. You figure out where there's a significant enough trail off in an uptick in revenue to make it worthwhile for you to make an ad. So you kind of find that sweet spot. Yeah. So it's about data. It's about smart ad placements and uh, keywords because literally anyone can run a Google ad campaign and that includes people like Amazon which make billions of billions of dollars mm-hmm. yeah so you have to be smart about your ad placement because you could if you don't set like safeties you could go to bed and like wake up and have a $6000 bill
1: exactly that's what
0: i'm scared about like but you could put in a max bid of up to 50 cents for a total of, you can put in those limiting factors.
1: So, is this all similar to Facebook advertising as well?
0: Well, that's something that I haven't dived into. That'll be next once I get my Google, because Google okay. provides a certification. So, like, once I go through this course, I can take the Google Ads um, certification, and then I could become Google AdWords certified. And, like, I literally could then start approaching people and be like, hire me.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen that on Fiverr, actually. Yeah. Where people would, it's like, it's a lot more than five bucks. Like, people charge 50 bucks, 80 bucks. Yep. To, then they say they're, like, guaranteed traffic for your site. Yep. And all they need is, like, keywords. Yep. Keywords for what you're trying to sell.
0: So, and then you get into, like, locations. You can, like, be hyper-specific, or you could limit it to certain states or provinces or counties, there's a lot that you can do with it. It's an incredibly powerful tool, and it's just a matter of understanding it and being able to understand how to build a campaign that will benefit a person. Um, once I get Google Ads taken care of, um, I would then move on to Facebook marketing. I'm going to guess there are certain overlapping concepts. That's what it seems
1: like. From what I know, that's like you can set it to like you can have an amount that you want to spend each day mm-hmm. to target a specific amount of like an audience, it'll yeah. tell you like how much it people, how yeah. many people this type of yeah. and the click-through rate and all that stuff. will reach. So uh, it's just that cost. I think that's what stops a lot of people. Like I'll, I like you said, a lot of people are probably thinking about doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, thinking about like oh, I want to make a website. I want to sell this and this. As soon as you have to open up your wallet, yep, to it should be free advertise that's when I think people would start to back off.
0: So but for- you have to be confident enough to realize that the whole point of marketing is that you pay a hundred dollars to make a hundred plus dollars. So yeah. if you pay a hundred and you make a hundred and one, that's still a better decision than spending a hundred dollars for nothing. But it's about mm-hmm. spending a hundred dollars to make a thousand or spending a hundred dollars to make 2000 and being able to maximize your revenue per expenditure. And that's uh, that's where I think this program will at least give me a baseline understanding, and that's a skill set I would like to hone and develop.
1: That's good. I hope you do. It would help up help out this one point five Asian podcast.
0: Well, I was actually thinking because one of the the kind of three goals that a Google Ads campaign uh, could drive um, would be phone call leads, so people calling you, and I thought. Man, wouldn't it be great if we would just showed up to The Brick and every Saturday and Sunday he got nonstop phone calls for people wanting to come in and buy furniture from him? Yeah. Right?
1: That's how a lot of sales happen, actually. Like from whenever there's, because they'll page, because there's lots of people calling into The Brick to ask about stuff. Yeah. Like, do you have this in stock? Or can mm-hmm. you tell me a little bit about this TV? So if you're lucky and you're the salesperson, like on the list to pick up the call. Yep. The customer will literally ask a question. If you answer it, they'll be like, okay, I'm coming in to buy it. Yeah. What's your name? And then be like, my name's Wu. And then they're there in like half an hour.
0: See, so what if you take that, that whole concept of what just happened one step further and you already contact your customer before they call the store so that they call and say, I'd like to talk to Woo about this. Yeah. So now the rest of your fucking... Coworkers workers are screwed because you've already talked <laughs> then, to all yeah. the customers i don't have to worry about
1: building. them i don't have to compete on this yeah. stupid up board is what we call it
0: could you imagine how annoyed they would be if you were never like in the front the board and people were just walking past them and coming right to you that's I the should, power of the i should marketing.
1: i should make it i should like tell my manager i'm like today i don't want to be written on the board and i bet you <laughs> I will be the sell. top salesperson yeah. yeah. for the day.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so that's something, that was one of the, the thoughts that would kind of be an introductory campaign mm-hmm. that maybe you and I could split the cost on to see.
1: Yeah, because that, yeah. The reason I'm also not leaving the brick right now is because if I want to really make this e-commerce as risk-free as possible for me, mm-hmm. I could... I'm pretty much telling myself this whatever paycheck I earn from the brick, I will put that aside for advertising. Ooh. That's what kind of my brain is set on. Yeah. Um, mostly because, like, right now, like, I don't know if I explain how the brick pay structure works, right? So yeah. i worked a lot during the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So my commission was pretty high during that season, yeah. right? But then now we're, we're going into kind of the dead. Yeah, this is the Dead dark time. days of retail. Yeah, so all my commission that I've made over the Christmas holiday season is being used up right now. Mm-hmm. And now eventually I'm going to have to just earn a regular wage. Wait, right, so all the commission
0: wage. you earned was banked and they pay you out, Pretty much like, to like basically give you a, an average paycheck?
1: Yeah. Well, no, it's the way that it works is once I sell something, when it's delivered, that's when I'll get my commission on yeah. that. So well, all of my deliveries... Now- yeah, pretty all much. Of your pretty much everything I've sold, my sales book, yeah. is pretty much it's draining Catched down it. now. Yeah. it's draining down because like not a lot of people are buying. So yeah. when I go to work, even if I don't sell anything, my paychecks are still high because my stuff that I sold in Christmas is just still getting delivered. Yeah. But um, now I'm but probably is... yeah. So now I'm probably just going to be getting my minimum wage mm-hmm. for the next few months. But that's not a bad thing. I'm not going to look at it as a, as a bad thing. I'll just think, what are my goals? And my goal is to get this e-commerce thing set up mm-hmm. so I don't have to go to the brick anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, you know what? I hate this job, but let's let's make it worth my time. So I might just use that money that I'm earning for the ad spend. or.
0: Okay, well, let's take this and kind of suss out what we had just talked about. For simplification terms... Let's say you're making a hundred dollars per weekend at the brick, yeah, and that you are setting aside your hundred dollars per weekend, four hundred dollars a month, yeah, for marketing, which on I think is a good amount. E-commerce, yeah. I, right? It's enough to get you started.
1: Yeah, more than enough. To get, yeah.
0: So the concept that I suggested with uh, directing an ad campaign to you um, at the brick. If you're taking that money that you're earning and setting it aside for digital marketing, why don't we use that expenditure on marketing to drive more business to you at the brick so that you're setting aside, instead of the minimum wage of $100 per weekend, all of a sudden you have sales that exceed your minimum wage, and all of a sudden you go from putting aside the minimum wage 100 per weekend to making a bunch of sales and you're making 200. So if you spend fifty to make an extra hundred,
1: I mean, if you could, if you could make that happen,
0: I feel like that's a reasonable—that's a good test, low barrier, low entry, low risk way to do it, right? And then if we can get the campaign working and see results, then we can move on to applying that concept to a website with the drop shipping and, and the Shopify. I like it. I think I think that's a cool way to do it. Yeah,
1: I agree. Actually, that's that's you know I, it's hard to it's hard to believe that it would work for for something so simple as like just getting people into a furniture store. But I it's
0: the so we wouldn't be trying to drive foot traffic. We would be trying to drive phone calls to you to you. Oh, okay, to me specifically, you at the brick. At your location's brick, Uh, okay, right? Because, like you said, people call in and ask about this or ask about that. Yeah, but they just call into the brick, and then it depends whatever salesperson is on the board gets it. Well, what if you circumnavigate that, and you are doing direct marketing to people who are purchasing, who are in the research phase of buying Mm -hmm. something, right? Yeah, because there's all different stages of wanting to buy a couch. You know, you start looking who sells couches. What kind of couches are there? How much do I want to sell on a couch? Do I want a warranty? These are all things that, like, if I were to decide I want to buy a couch, those are the kinds of the things that I would start researching. I would look up where can I go to buy couches? Where can I go to buy couches online? Um, I would start to get a feel for sectionals. And then once I've committed to, like, a loveseat leather. I think
1: a a big thing, especially for the brick, is... When what I think people would do a lot more research on is appliances,
0: like stoves, like
1: stoves, and, uh, uh, fridges, or even like washer dryers, washer dryer. dishwashers. Like those are all people like to look at every single spec these days before they actually go and like, buy. Yeah,
0: because it. like it's getting more complicated with smart appliances. Yeah,
1: so they like to compare like what they had and then the newest models. Yep. What what makes this one better than Energy this efficiency. model? Yeah, so I think more often than not. It's people calling in for more technical stuff. Yeah. Like the, the people who just ask, like, is it in stock or not? Like, those are, ten, tend to be the small things. But then people calling in to actually get some information. And, and then
0: if you provide value to them, that's when they come back yeah, to you. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So they know, like, this guy knows. I want to come back and talk to this guy. And they don't want to explain their story either again no. to another person. That's no. what I find. Once they've told me... Told me what their problem is. They don't want to yeah, go ahead. Don't and, and
0: explain it to Johnny.
1: And then the best thing I do is like you know if we, if we get can get you into the store, I'll try to get you a good deal. And then they'll once they hear that, they're like, okay, I got to go look for this guy.
0: <laughs> Sorry, side, <laughs> we're gonna have a quick sidebar here. So the night before I went away to Montreal, I like mm-hmm. on a whim, it's like I want to buy a MacBook Air. Like I hate the laptop I have, and I miss my old MacBook. Yeah. so much so I like pulled the UE instead of going home I went to Maple Leaf Mall and I went to the, the Apple store <laughs> and I walked in and I stood by like the old model version of the MacBook Air because the new one is ridiculously overpriced and has a four hour battery apparently really? it's like, that ri- bad? it's like not only is it not good it's bad and yes. <laughs> um, well yeah <laughs> So this woman comes up and says, can I help you? And I said, I'd like to buy this laptop. And she went, great. My name's Don. She was like, you could tell, because the first thing she mentioned was, did you know that the warranty that was provided from Apple is integrated into your cost? It's a one-year warranty. But if you wanted to extend that, oh, they went buy right, They went right ahead and just... Like, before she even asked, like, do I want the 128 or the 256? Like, yeah. She just went right into the warranty. So in my head, I was like... Whatever, like, hurry up, tell me your spiel. And she goes, after she explains the warranty and how it now includes accidental, AKA water damage, which uh-huh. is, which actually is a useful piece of information. Yeah. Because yeah. water damage is real. Um, she went, Oh, so where do you work? I, oh, I work at Lang the Hall. She goes, Oh, let's see if they've got a corporate discount. She, like, pulled it up. I'm like, Apple does corporate discounts? I have no idea. <laughs> and then she went, Oh, I'm sorry to say that you, uh, you don't work at Langdon Hall. Oh, right. Didn't you say that you work at Ford? At mean, she clicked Ford and winked at me. <laughs> You're doing the woo. <laughs> You're going to get me 150 bucks off, so I spent 100 bucks on the warranty. Really? <laughs> That's exactly what would have happened. But then they didn't have the fucking laptop in stock. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Oh, damn.
0: And I was like... I know exactly what you're doing Don and it's totally working. I know. If you give me 150 bucks off, I'll gladly pay 100 bucks for AppleCare.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I do to for any customer that walks yeah. in. I'm like, I understand that I'd like before before you stop me, let me just explain what the warranty does. I'm with you. I don't want you to pay the full cost. Yeah. Right? So let's let's see what we can do. Yeah. And then they appreciate that. Yeah. Right? So I I try to anyone who calls in, I try to just Add something in there to ensure that they come back to me.
0: You provide value. Yeah. I think that's an important sentiment that drives business.
1: You have to. Which is.
0: If there's 10 other salesmen, what is different between you? Well, that guy, I don't know, he looks cool. Well, that guy, he's got a great smile. That guy's super personable. That guy says he'll save me 150 bucks. Mm -hmm. Going to that guy. Just,
1: w. Which is I something I just don't understand for some reason with with anywhere that sells warranty. I know we're going off topic here, but
0: <laughs> But we're allowed to. It's our podcast. I know, it's our podcast. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he does mean that, people. <laughs> <laughs> I love but you. like, let's say if a couch is like let's say call it a thousand bucks couch. Yep. And the warranty is two hundred and fifty. Two hundred and fifty bucks. Okay. Right? customer doesn't want to pay that right yeah my managers will so now
0: it's 1250 plus tax. yeah hours.
1: but then my managers will bring the cost down of the couch like 300 dollars. let's just say yep they'll be like okay if they don't like the price of the couch we'll bring it down so now the couch is 700 bucks
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the warranty is 250 i know the warranty is like a little bit less now because it's like it goes by the range of the product yep so that's like the, the warranty is now 200 bucks so that's 900 dollars then the store gets $900 plus tax. Yep. Why couldn't we have just sold it for them for 1000 without warranty? I know it, it's weird, but yeah, I see what friggin' places like this do that, though, to just show that they're selling warranty with every single product. I know it looks good on their reports that they're getting a warranty sale, but the, the amount of, that they're willing to go down on a product just to get the warranty on there is mind-boggling to me.
0: Why wouldn't you just price everything in the store warranty included. Exactly. Couch, warranty included. Exactly.
1: But I've seen so many times these, I don't know how they think of their pricing, but they just have to have the warranty on there.
0: And That's I've weird. I almost want to do like a full-on business s- case study of how warranty. well... Yeah. Why are warranties shut down our throats? What makes it so alluring? Well, their
1: they're, they're explanation to all the sales staff, which is ridiculous to me, this they're always saying like we want to make sure the customer is protected.
0: I'm like, No you don't If you wanted <laughs> to do that, you would provide the service Exactly, for free.
1: exactly. So they're like, we want to just make sure they're protected. You're you're providing them value by ensuring that their investment lasts for years and years. Mm. Where like if you don't get it, they make the salespeople feel like shit. Like <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're like, the worst salesperson You're the ever. worst list, You yeah. only made $12,000 exactly. in warranty, warranty list sales. That's
1: what I do. But then they're very careful with the way that they explain it to the sales staff because they want to always be covering themselves and be like, no, this is value that you're providing. If you're not doing it, if you're not getting it to the customer yeah. or if you're not getting it through to the customer, you're not doing your job to protect them is the way that they explain it to us. Yeah. And they make the salespeople feel terrible. But then the way that I've seen them price stuff, especially for Ricky when he came in. Yep. The way that how much of a discount they gave him for his sectional. And just because I didn't get warranty on there. But then, uh, like, they ended up lowering the price super low. (laughs) Super low. He got such a good deal. Like, a better deal, seriously, than I ever thought was possible. Yeah. With warranty. And I'm like, "Why, why couldn't we just hold it to him for the regular price? Yeah. They were willing to pay. You tick them off by mentioning the warranty. Yeah. So they're forced to go lower and lower. And I'm like, this just doesn't make sense to me. And they've done that multiple, multiple times during my time there.
0: So weird. I wonder if it's like a mob thing. The mob owns all the warranties. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like some kingpin family that owns the brand.
0: Nobody's ever heard of the, the warranty family. The guy, the
1: guy comes to collect every month, and then the sales manager is like, oh, "You got my warranties? <laughs> I'm gonna break your leg."
0: Uh,
1: maybe so. It's got to be something like that. Yeah. Like some like a, yeah, bigger. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, why group owns all yeah. these places?
0: Because I can understand the concept that a warranty, let's say 20% of people ever trigger and use a warranty, which causes the company to have an expenditure. So now 80% of the time, it's just an additional pure profit. Why can't you just tack that on and have it built in? I think Mm. we should open up a furniture store called Warranty Included. And I'm sure it would do great. Warranty and taxes as the presented price. Yeah. You want that couch with a warranty? That's literally what you would pay.
1: I would, yeah. I would buy stuff like that. But my managers, they're really like, if you don't sell something, if you don't sell it with warranty, they think you're like a worthless salesperson. My thing to them is like, fine. If I came in as a customer, if you can sell me warranty, yeah I think you're the greatest salesperson. I <laughs> doubt you can do it. I doubt it. I don't think you can sell me a warranty, hmm. which uh, that's how it is. but anyways, I'm not complaining about this place. Let's just <laughs> just the warrant. I just don't understand the pricing that they do with yeah. these things. and forgetting about all that, I'm just gonna again, I work there with a purpose. yeah, whatever I earn is gonna be spent. Wisely on you know, the future. The, the future. one point five Asians Podcast future. <laughs> We're gonna have a few sites running probably. In the end at like at the end of all this. We'll probably have a few.
0: Multimedia conglomerate. Exactly.
1: With employees and everything. <laughs> you so if you're looking me, for a job, get your resume ready. <laughs> you and me are gonna have offices.
0: Oh, I'm really excited for an office. And Just so you know, our office is gonna have to pretty pimp kitchen because I'm gonna cook us some good food.
1: A kitchen where the staff will be fed as well. Maybe not every day. Warranty included. Yeah, (laughs) maybe not every day because we're, you know, we're busy guys.
0: Yeah.
1: Cody can't cook every single day. Bet you could. Maybe once a month.
0: Ooh, like a potluck. But Cody Cody cooks cooks everything. Actually, that to me actually is exciting, and I like planning that kind of stuff or
1: he takes the menu from langdon hall and then every month it's like a restaurant that you're running where you cook us everything
0: (laughs) do you understand the sheer volume of man hours it takes to produce food at that level that's
1: why we're doing it once a month
0: no i'm telling you it would take if it was literally only me it would take me a month to produce a single if i were to produce all ten plates from a menu, it mm. would take me weeks. Like, food would go off before I could prep everything for that. Hmm. Like, it has to be a divine conquer.
1: Maybe we'll just... If we earn enough, we'll just go to Langdon Hall. Well, we could do that. <laughs> That's probably a we'll, better idea.
0: You know I get 50% off from me and whoever I eat with. Yeah, but once we're
1: balling, you know, you're not going to be working there anymore. I refuse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just saying now, like... Instead of paying five hundred dollars, we can go each go and pay two hundred fifty. Yeah.
1: The first two fifty we make. Ooh, well, actually, no. Wait, wait, hold on. We we gotta we're framing the first money that yeah, we I'm that we make, for that. and then in the office, and then the other we can spend on, like a nice
0: yeah, a nice bro date. Yeah, lots of man dates. Yeah. bro date. So, uh, we're kind of getting towards the end but i do want to share a story from montreal on the podcast
1: yeah no, sure yeah <laughs> getting so
0: here. i went to montreal and during the week it was uh the lumiere festival so it's basically a couple of different things happening in montreal during the week one a lot of chefs came in internationally to cook at some of Montreal's best restaurants to do special menus with different themes. That was one thing. Another thing was they block off a whole city block in the downtown core, and they have lots of these, sorry, they block it off to cars, so it's just pedestrians. It's like a big kind of festival, think like a miniature version of the CNE. There was a Ferris wheel, there was zip lines, there was like slides, Um, there was uh, bonfires all up in there so that you could stay warm and toast marshmallows outdoor pavilions for food and drinks and so it's legal in Montreal to have alcohol in public space the like asterisk there is that you should have food with it so like if you're out in the park having a picnic you could have wine if you're just sitting there smashing beers you could still get arrested so in a situation where they have like outdoor food and all that then you could walk around and have beer which I think is super cool But on Saturday night, uh, there's an art show called Nuit Blanche. Toronto has it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different cities around the world have it. It just kind of takes over a city for a night. From 8 p.m. till 3 a.m., there are art shows all over the city. So much that you literally could not take it all in if you tried. If you, like, Ubered and ran between every single one and, like, just glanced at everything and left, like, you couldn't take it all in. So you kind of have to pick your battle. So I went right to the heart of Montreal where I could get the best bang for my buck, per se, Mm -hmm. in old Montreal. Sorry, in the downtown Montreal. I went in. Like, a couple of them were interesting. Uh, They were, like, art installations from uh, McGill students who were in communications. So kind of thoughts on the future, post-apocalyptic or a dystopian future. Some stuff that was interesting but, like, a little bit too hippie beatnik for me. So I move on to the next one. It says, uh, all the signs are in French. So I like, I don't really know what's going on. But I see planetarium. Like, planetarium, yeah, yeah, but yeah. with a French accent. Okay. I like, I like the stars. So I like, go inside. What it was, was they took the planetarium. You know what that is? Like a big dome with, like, where like they could project and... stars. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, instead of projecting stars, it was like a rave. So like hardcore techno music and <laughs> instead of projecting stars, it was just like this light show, it was super trippy and super cool. It's your type of atmosphere. Like I was there for a good little bit, but like I wasn't drunk. It was like, it was only nine, nine PM. I'd only had a single beer. So I wanted to go out and see other stuff. But like, I was like, I might come back here later. Cause this looks like a bomb ass party. Um, and drinks weren't that bad there. It was like five bucks flat rate for a wine or beer, which was, that's good. Yeah. Um, were you high? You were in high, right? No, I was not high. Um, I'm a daytime high guy. Oh, so I see this other one, and there's lots of pink signs all in French. And number nine, uh, nuit de cordes. I'm like, cool. Go inside. It's uh, starting to snow. Let's go inside and see this thing. Go inside, and there's arrows. You go up these stairs, and you enter this long hallway. It's probably ten meters long. Like two people could walk side by side. It's kind of dark. And at the end of the hallway, you turn left into another room. And you can see the other room has like soft pink, neon y colored light emanating, lighting Mm -hmm. up the end of the hallway. So I turned the corner and I like was just dumbfounded. I am very rarely at a loss for words. I am very rarely like just like. I don't know what to do. Like, I, I almost turned around. I almost laughed. I almost, like, <laughs> asked what the fuck was going on. So, what you... the installation, um, Nuit de Cords. Cords, meaning cord, like uh, rope. Yeah. So, it was the uh, Canadian Shibaru group shibaru for those not in the know is the japanese art of bondage (laughs) so woo i turn the corner and the very first thing i see is like this eight foot tall poster it says welcome to shibaru and like as i'm reading shibaru i see japanese art of bondage but the background that was blurry as I'm reading the sign now starts to come into focus. And it is a room full of people tied up. Oh. <laughs> and they are tied up to the point where like you literally couldn't move. Like imagine you tied someone up because you're trying yeah. to like hold them hostage. So once they're tied up and held in a position, the person who is tying them up hoist them up into the ceiling and they hang there. What the? F- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm currently showing you a picture. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> they are like, some of them were nude. Holy cow! That's some of them were so semi-nude. Weird. There was women tying women up. There was women tying men up. There was men tying women up, and men tying men up. I'm. It was currently looking at a woman <laughs> with her. Feet behind her head. Yeah. It was like, and like, Jeez. I didn't know what to do. So like, but there was like a queue of people behind me. So I walked further into the room and I'm like, there's a <laughs> bar here? Cool. I'll have a beer, this please. Guy's... And so I'm showing you a video of this, this... Uh, guy tying a girl up. Um, She's got her legs really far back. Yeah. So... That was one of four rooms. There was 15 people at all times being tied. I feel like a little uncomfortable watching. We now try being in a room with all these people, <laughs> woo. So I was in there for like five minutes before I noticed the fact that everyone was taking pictures. I'm like, you're allowed to take pictures? It like felt like a strip club. Like you're not yeah. supposed to have your phone out. But there's like full on staff who were there only to take pictures. And they were like actively engaging People to like that talk about it and like like such
1: an uncomfortable position to be in. Those people being tied up. Well, that's the whole thing. And you got to be like there for so long. Bondage.
0: It's like it's a there's usually a dominant and a submissive, yeah. and like the act of submissive uh, submitting to the dominant. That's what they enjoy. Like that girl that I showed you. Once <laughs> like she was hung up, she was moaning. Really? Yeah. He was yeah. like, hmm. "Oh Since, my goodness, uh, where am I?" <laughs> So anyways, I went from completely dumbfounded (laughs) to pretty curious. I'm like, let's go check out the other room. (laughs) And like, I spent like a good 30 minutes just watching people get tied up and hung.
1: (laughs) And then he slept like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, it was just so many questions.
1: And Cody now has these all on his phone. And if he ever wants to relive this experience... Well, maybe, uh,
0: maybe for the first time ever, one and a half Asians will have some uh, have like a a link in the description description for this kind of stuff.
1: They're not ready for that (laughs) stuff yet.
0: (laughs) Well, if you're interested, (laughs) hit me up and uh, I'll send you the photo and video privately. (laughs) All right, (laughs) or you could look up the Shibaru group. Of Montreal. I think it was like tightmontreal.com, tight, which, tight, tight. which made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm glad I could share that anecdote with you, woo because, like, I swear to God, as I was experiencing it, I'm like, nobody's going to believe this. <laughs> like, where am I?
1: <laughs> I just came here to get some food.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, cool, art. I'm going to be like a cool person. I'm like, educated and I'm going to show. How cool I am by watching all this art. Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: and Cody loved it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I didn't, like, love, love it. Like, <laughs> nothing happened. It didn't move. I don't know.
1: You got a pretty big smile on your face.
0: <laughs> because it's funny, Woo. <laughs> You turn that corner. Like, I could just imagine. Like, I was surprised I didn't burst out laughing.
1: And this was, I only saw women getting tied up. There was, like, guys and.
0: Yeah, but, like how many photos of this do I really need? There is uh, guys tying women up, women tying guys up.
1: Uh, one guy. That one guy was like really getting in there to tie as tight as he could.
0: But well, yeah, because you can't have any slack when you're like true, hanging, hanging somebody there. from well, the seat. That ceiling. would
1: be even more uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. But uh, like honestly, speaking from like a pure academic sense... I like knots. Like, I, when I work in a restaurant, I, there are knots that are needed to do for curing meats and tying yeah. together roasts. Um, I've got experience with boats, and boats have knots. Knots, to me, are actually super intelligent in understanding the use of different knots in different situations. Where
1: are you going with this, Cody?
0: I'm not <laughs> saying I'm into it. I'm just saying I respected the craft because, I like, see. in order to, like manipulate the people because like you basically they were tying the person up into a prone position so they were they were held in a certain position um so for those of you who can't see the picture imagine that you were to sit down on the floor put your legs at a 90 degree angle and then shove them up beside your ears (laughs) and you're tied together in that spot with your arms behind your back so once she was tied up he then Tied ropes up to a clip above her and hoisted her and then spun her around in the different positions. And he got up and like spun with her. And like it was like this kind of a little bit of a show. Uh, But understanding how the ropes and the different knots could work to manipulate an object in space, it was neat. That's like it's a cool science. Well, (laughs) thanks for coming out, folks. That was Season 2, Episode (laughs) 10. Season 2, Episode 10. (laughs) Thanks
1: for for sharing that. Talk to you next week. See you later.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the One and a Half Asians podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at 1.5 Asians Podcast and on Twitter at 15 Asians Podcast. Reach out to us on either platform. To let us know what you thought about today's episode, or to give us ideas about what you'd like to hear Woo and Cody rant about in a future episode.